You are Locked On Seahawks, your daily Seattle Seahawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, 12. This is Corbin Smith, your host for Locked On Seahawks. Joining me for our Wager Thursday episode, my co-host, Tyler Fornes. Tyler, glad to have you back in. I know last week we didn't have any props to break down. There was no games last weekend, no preseason games. But now we're the real deal. The bullets are going to start flying. Week one, Seahawks-Broncos, Lumen Field, Russell Wilson versus Pete Carroll. Everybody's got to get fired up here. Four days away from opening kickoff. Absolutely. And one of the interesting things about this game, not only is it week one when you get a lot of chaos just naturally because teams really haven't put their best foot forward. And then all of a sudden, hey, boom, it's Russell Wilson returning to Seattle where he led the team to two Super Bowl appearances, a title and became a Hall of Famer in the city. So it's going to be a very interesting one. It's very fitting. Normally, this is a wager Wednesday show, but with the Seahawks playing on Monday, our whole schedule has been pushed back this week. So wager Thursday maybe doesn't come off the tongue quite the same way, but still the same great betting information along with X's and O's and football analysis blended together here. Going to be looking at the game collectively, Seahawks and Broncos. And we've got some Russell Wilson versus Seahawks game props for the second part of this special edition podcast. Really fired up to dive into the numbers. Let's get to it, Tyler. First and foremost, Seahawks hosting the Broncos. Nationally, if you've been paying any attention for the last three or four months, this has been a game that the Broncos have been a heavy favorite throughout. But I think if you look at the spread and the money lines out there, it suggests that maybe the books are thinking that this game is going to be a lot closer than maybe we originally anticipated. I think it's going to be a tough game because you're going to have Pete Carroll who's going to want to show that he's right, and you're going to have Russell Wilson looking to prove that he's wrong. And it's going to be a real clash of like stubborn individuals, and you kind of want that in football. You want your starting quarterback to want to be the alpha. Your head coach, you want, hey, I want you to follow this plan. Their ideologies did not match, and that's why we had the split. It's going to be a very interesting uh, game to watch because Pete Carroll knows everything about Russell Wilson and vice versa. But this isn't going to be the classic Seattle defense. You have the Vic Fangio scheme coming in, and that scheme is just inherently different from that cover three style that the Seahawks have ran for so long. And Russell Wilson's faced the Fangio style defense, so he's not foreign to it. But how is Seattle going to implement it? What little nuances are they going to put in? Because those things are not on tape yet. Because they're not on tape, Pete Carroll's probably got a bag of trips ready for Russell Wilson, and that's going to make this fascinating. But when you look at the spread versus the money line, the disparity is really wide. It's only a six and a half point spread, and the Broncos are minus two sixty five on the money line, but the Seahawks are plus two twenty five. That's a pretty big disparity. It tells you that Vegas really thinks Denver's a better football team. But Seattle's going to keep it close enough, but they're not going to be able to put themselves over the top with a Geno Smith-led offense. This is going to be really fascinating. Honestly, I don't touch the spread because this is going to go one of two ways. It's going to be incredibly close, or Russell Wilson's going to blow them out of the water because he's going to want to go and improve that his way was the right way, throwing the ball in a wide-open offense, and 
I think that the best bet to go here is money line. Do you think Seattle can win a close game? If you do, it's a very nice value. I don't think Denver's a very good value on the money line just because it's at that minus 265. It's a very interesting one here, Corbin. I don't know how I would necessarily play this if I would play it at all because that spread is too narrow for what type of game this is. This isn't an average football game. This is a revenge game technically for both sides. Yeah, that's what makes it really interesting. There have been plenty of times where you see a player go to a new team and it's kind of notched up as this is a revenge game for the player, but you have the Pete Carroll element in there. You have the John Schneider element. You have the element, some of the Seahawks teammates that have reportedly come out and wondered if Wilson checked out a little bit late last season. I mean, their emotions are going to be running high in this game. And I'm not necessarily a betting expert, but looking at those numbers at uh, minus six and a half plus six and a half, and then having that wide gap there on the money line, I'm with you. I think if you think the Seahawks can make this a close game and actually have a fighting chance to win it, I would feel much more comfortable with making that bet than I would with, obviously, the Broncos. You're not going to win near as much putting your money forward anyway. But I would feel much more confident in being able to make it out with a really nice payday with the Seahawks having that over plus 200 line there, especially playing at home. And as you mentioned, Maybe this is what curtails people from betting in week one anyway. But the unpredictability this time of year in week one, we've seen teams come out that are top five picks by the end of the season, but they go out and they beat future playoff teams in week one. It happens pretty much every year because these mm-hmm. teams haven't been playing their starters in the preseason. And even though they've done their film study, you don't really know what you're going to be facing based off of preseason games or what happened the year before. These teams all have coaching staff changes. They all have schematic changes that they're going to be revealing in week one, not before then. So both sides are, you know, really feeling things out. And that makes any bet in week one a pretty risky one, even compared to regular games most of the rest of the season. 100%. uh, And one of the interesting things, like when you talk about that week one chaos, something we talked about before the show, just looking back the last few years, you had in uh, 2021, The Packers ended up playing a road game against the Saints in Jacksonville. They completely forgot to show up and got boat raced 35 to three. A couple years back, the Jaguars had the number one overall pick Gardner Minshew. They go in at home, beat a very good Indianapolis Colts team, and then don't win another game the rest of the season. The Vikings had that happen with a rookie Steve Smith from the, from the Carolina Panthers just go in and absolutely own the Vikings with Chris Wenke as the starting quarterback. Then they end up with the number two overall pick with a one and 15 record the next draft. So week one provides a lot of chaos. It also means that bookmakers, while they are very, very good at their jobs, and you can tell with these lines, they are very precise and it makes you really decide, do I really want to take this bet? You can take advantage of bookmakers here because they genuinely don't know either. College football is a little easier to do because of the massive turnover, but because of what, especially where the Seahawks are, the Seahawks are in a weird spot because they've had some turnover too. And they completely are revamping their defense. They lost Russell Wilson. And because of these factors, you can really take advantage of the sports books and win some money. And that's where I think the money line becomes an interesting play because what happens if they just 
mess with Russell Wilson and he decides like he, he just doesn't know what he's seeing in front of him. And we all know Russell Wilson doesn't like to throw over the middle of the field. So you can almost eliminate that. You get some pass rush on him. You contain him in the pocket. With some of these pass rushes that they have, Boyamafe, Daryl Taylor, I think that they're going to be able to do some of that. And it makes it a very difficult challenge for the Denver Broncos. The only money line I'd take is Seattle. And that's only if you're really confident. The over-under is tricky too. Because a 24-20 game, Corbin, hits the under. And 24-21 hits the over. But who knows what Geno Smith's going to be able to do on the offensive side of the football. The both defenses are stout, and the Broncos are really deep, especially in the secondary. This is a very interesting betting game, and I would stay away from a lot of it. But as we're going to talk about later, props is probably where you can make some actual money. Yeah, we'll get to the props in a second. That over under 44.5 points, I have believed for the last several weeks that this was going to be a defensive slugfest. Now watch both teams go out and just have a track meet and something nobody expected. Again, it's week one. But you would think with Russell Wilson running a new offense, and it's the first game, first actual game that he has played in this offense, he's still getting used to his new receivers, the line in front of him. Geno Smith, a full-time starter for the first time since, I believe, his second season in the league. And the Seahawks have all the new rookies they have playing in this game. I mean, you just have to believe that it's leaning towards this being a defensive game. And yet, 44 and a half, if if it's a 24-21 game, that can still be a defensive game in today's NFL. I mean, we've seen teams put up 35, 40 points with regularity. So teams being in that low to mid-20s range, that still can be a pretty defensive game, whereas back in the day, even a decade ago, that might be considered a fairly high-scoring game. That's not the case anymore. So 44-and-a-half, I'm avoiding that one like the plague just because even if both teams aren't great on offense, they have their rust and neither team's able to find a bunch of touchdowns, that still doesn't feel like that's a ton of points to go under on. And certainly with Russell Wilson's talent and the Seahawks' talent around Geno Smith, both teams could end up scoring more than expected. So that just doesn't seem to me like that would be a safe one at all. No, I don't think it's safe. This is a a classic chaos. Week one meets chaos return game. And from a fan perspective, it's going to be real fun to watch. From a betting perspective, Vegas wants your money. And that's what these lines are built for. Up next, we're going to continue our Wager Thursday episode, checking out some Russell Wilson-related game props. Obviously, we'll be looking at it from a Seahawks perspective, but the former Seahawks star quarterback coming back to his old stomping grounds. Bet Online's got plenty of really interesting prop bets that are out there heading into this Monday night primetime matchup. This Wager Thursday episode of Locked On Seahawks is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your favorite pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening week games. BetOnline is also your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in all your favorite sports and events including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf, is betonline.net. Head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online, where the game starts. You're listening to the Locked On Seahawks podcast, Wager Thursday edition. I'm your host, Corbin Smith. Joining me for today's show, Tyler Forness. We just had a chance to break down the money line, taking a look at the over-under for the Seahawks-Broncos game coming up on Monday night. Let's dive into game props now if you go on bet online 
Net, you'll see 25, 30 game props. We're going to look at three specifically because you've got your first to score a field goal, first to score a touchdown, exact number of touchdowns. I mean, there's tons of different props out there, but this is the Russell Wilson versus Pete Carroll revenge game. So it's time for some Russell Wilson themed game props. And to kick things off here, Tyler, first and foremost, Russell Wilson, total passing yards, over 240 and a half passing yards minus 115, and under 240.5 passing yards, minus 115. I'll give you a, a chance to explain that again, why the sports books would have both of them in the negatives. But certainly, this is an intriguing one to take a look at going into this game. So here's why. It, it's one, the easiest way to take money from sports books is these props. Um, you, you can really identify value based on uh, specific matchups. Hey, you're projecting out injuries. There are ways to really make money. One of my uh, best friends in the industry, his name is Eric Froton. He writes about college football for NBC Sports Edge. Last year, he had a 75% hit rate on college football props because you can identify value and you can see where some of these bookmakers, because it's not as black and white with individual performances as it is with team performances when you're talking about gambling. And you can make a lot of money by identifying some of that. That's one of the reasons why bookmakers have both at that minus 115 because then they're not losing as much money either when they're paying some of these out. So you're going to see that a lot with like close spreads. Um, and it just kind of is what it is. But let's let's also remember here, they're the ones taking the action. They get to set the lines and you can say no. Um, and it's just it's one of those deals. You just got to deal with it. Yeah, I think looking at the actual prop here, this is one that's intriguing to me, but I don't know that I would necessarily be pulling the trigger either way on this one, even though these can be pretty safe uh, props to put bets on. This is just one in week one, Russell Wilson with a new offense. The Seahawks potentially having Tariq Woolen and Mike Jackson as their starting corners. That maybe alarms you a little bit to be going on the over on this. But new offense, first game with the Denver Broncos playing in a loud, boisterous uh, Lumen Field. Probably going to be thinking under on that one. This really feels like one that I would maybe just avoid with the lack of predictability in week one already prevalent throughout the game. This one feels like one that's going to be really tough to tab, whether Russell Wilson gets over 240.5 or under 240.5 with passing yards. He didn't have a ton of 300 plus yard passing games in Seattle, but that's a really significant window between 245 and a half and 299. See, I'll say this. I'd smash the over and it kind of boils down to what we've been talking about all episode here. This is a revenge game for Russell Wilson. He wants to go into Lumen field and prove that Pete Carroll and his regime was wrong. And he was right. They should have been airing the ball out more. They should have had a more um, up-to-date offense that focused on throwing the ball down the field. He's going to go in there with revenge in his mind, and he's going to want to air the football out. And you said it right there. Michael Jackson, Tariq Wollin at the cornerback position. And you know how much I love Wollin coming out of UTSA. I think he has a chance to be a great cornerback. He's also a rookie that does not have the most oily hips in the world, and he's going to face Jerry Judy. So you take a look at these factors. I would smash the over because I think they're going to try and get Russell Wilson to throw for 350 and four touchdowns. 
Yeah, that may be the aiming point for the Broncos to get back at the Seahawks for Russell Wilson, provide the game plan to do that. It's just, again, very difficult to predict in week one how this is going to play out mm-hmm. with him being in a new offense. And, and the Seahawks believe that, you know, they've got the game plan in place. Pete Carroll, of course, on the other sideline knows Russell Wilson as well as anyone, having coached him the last 10 years. And so that's going to be fascinating. Now, moving from the passing yards to the touchdowns, and this is ultimately what's going to decide the game on Monday night. Total passing touchdowns, over one and a half passing touchdowns for Russell Wilson, coming in at negative 150, under one and a half passing touchdowns, plus 120. Historically, Tyler, you would think you'd be smashing the over on this, given the passing touchdown numbers that Russell Wilson has had with the Seahawks at the same time playing in a hostile, what's now a road environment for him and playing against a defense that does have some talented players. We've talked about this maybe being a low scoring game. There might not be a ton of touchdowns in general in this game. Touchdowns are very, very difficult to predict Corbin. One of the reasons why they're incredibly random and you see it all the time with fantasy football. I remember when Calvin Johnson had one of his massive years. I think it was a 1,900-yard season. He had three touchdowns. He was tackled inside the five like something like eight times. And Julio Jones had one of those seasons too. They're inherently random. And that's why guys like like fullbacks, like Mike Allstott used to have like eight touchdowns a year because they would get it down to like the two-yard line and they just give it to the power back. Matt Asiata for the Vikings had quite a few of those games. Like he would have stat lines of, Five rushes, three yards, three touchdowns. It's inherently random and can be difficult to predict. It can be easier to predict with quarterbacks because of how much influence that they have on on plays. And now it's also interesting because it specifically says passing touchdowns. It does not say touchdowns. So if he gets a rushing touchdown, it doesn't count as far as what this prop is concerned. I would still consider the over here for the sole fact that they are going to really try to air it out And it's going to be a revenge game. And the more opportunities you have to score touchdowns, the more likely you become. It's just odds of probability and statistics. I, if I'm going to make a bet, I'm going to bet the over because the last thing you want to do is all of a sudden Russell Wilson throws a touchdown his first drive. And you got to sweat all game long, hoping that the over does not hit. I bet Oklahoma minus 32 against the UTEP this past weekend. Sorry, it was 31 and a half. Oklahoma won by 32 by kicking a field goal with three minutes left in the game. You don't want to be sweating something like that out. So if you're going to make a bet, the over is is the way to go. If that does happen and you bet under Russell Wilson throws a touchdown first drive, you are suddenly going to become the biggest fans of the world of Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. Yeah. You're going to be hoping that the Broncos, if they do get a scoring position, it's going to be touchdown vultures from your running backs is what you're going to be hoping kind of a fantasy mixed with betting spin there but nonetheless as you mentioned expecting the broncos to air it out quite a bit in this game for russell wilson let him show the seahawks what they're missing that gives him more opportunities to pad the stats there so i would probably lean over on that one like you said if i'm betting on that one and this is the one that i think is going to create a really fun discussion and that's will russell wilson throw an interception versus the Seahawks on Monday Night Football. Yes, coming in at negative 130. No, at plus 100. You look at his history, only threw six picks all of last year. Wilson has been one of the best quarterbacks in the league at not turning it over. Two years ago, he had a career high with 13 picks. But 
Normally not a quarterback that turns the football over a lot, but he is going to potentially be throwing the ball more, which does open up the door for more interceptions to happen. Yeah, this is going to be a really interesting one. And I would lean yes here, Corbin, just for the fact that we talk so much and we're almost beating it the drum too much that this is a revenge game and they're going to really try to air out the football. Because they're going to try and air it out, that leaves more opportunity for interceptions. Interceptions themselves can be inherently random. You can have a great passing game, three throws that are good. Oh, they hit your receiver in the hands. Boom, interception. Oh, they get t- they get tipped at the line of scrimmage. Boom, interception. Like You can't control some of those elements. It just happens. So when you have... And a stat that it's inherently random, always lean towards it happening, especially when it comes to interceptions, because even the great ones throw interceptions like, man, they shouldn't have thrown that. And that's why you see a lot of advanced metrics separating out turnover worthy plays and non turnover worthy plays. How many are the quarterbacks actually at fault for? If you watch the backyard brawl this past Thursday, tied at 31 JT Daniels for us, Virginia throws a perfect pass, hits the receiver in the hands. 60-yard pick six. Quarterback did nothing wrong. It just was happenstance, and West Virginia was incredibly unlucky. So that can easily happen to Russell Wilson. It can easily happen to Geno Smith. So I would lean, if you're going to bet on this, bet yes. I would be leaning that direction too. Now, don't go off of intuition solely to make bets. I'm just telling you right now, our listeners, don't do that. But... There's a reason Quandry Diggs was the image that we had for our YouTube listeners on that because Quandry Diggs has a really interesting history with quarterbacks that he played with formerly. He picked off Matthew Stafford not once but twice last year in the two games against the Rams, and they were teammates for several years in Detroit. And Quandry Diggs has been so good shutting down post routes and seam routes. Russell loves those post routes. I just get a feeling there is going to be a time that Russell Wilson is going to test him and Diggs is going to make him pay. I don't know why I have that feeling, but that is the guy that's most likely to make a play on the football. Maybe somebody like Justin Coleman out of the slot as well, if he's able to undercut a route. But it just feels like there's a really good chance in week one, whether it's an outright, you know, or a corner jumping a route, or if it's a pass knocked up in the air. Seattle's got a number of guys that are good at doing that, including Shelby Harris. This is kind of a revenge game for him now, facing the Denver Broncos, who traded him away in the Wilson trade. Harris is darn good at getting his big paws up and knocking the football up in the air. That's all it takes, as you mentioned, for an interception to happen. Punch the ball up in the air, and then it's free for the entire defense to go fetch it. And you got guys like Jamal Adams that had a pick doing that last year. Their linebackers, Cody Barton, used to be a safety. He's got background catching the football like that. I mean, I could easily see just a random event like that leading to an interception. And so I would definitely be leaning towards yes on this one, especially in week one, new offense for Russ. There's bound to be a few mistakes sprinkled in there, and one of them could lead to a pick. Absolutely. And you, it's hard to account for that because it is inherently random. But – Random happens, and in the chaos of week one, like I'm not one to bet on intuition either. But when you just kind of look at all the outside variables, because variables in, variables impact everything, I would lean towards it happening over it not happening. And if you're if you want to place a small bet on it, bet yes. 
I would be in full agreement with you for all the reasons that I mentioned and just the fact this is going to be a more aggressive defense that the Seahawks are going to be running. And I think that's maybe going to leave them open for more big plays against them, but it's also going to open the door for more turnovers created, more picks. That was an area the Seahawks really struggled last year, and that was one of the reasons they moved on from Ken Norton Jr. Pete Carroll wants more picks. He wants more turnovers. And I just have a feeling they're going to find a way to get to their old buddy Russell Wilson at some point and force a turnover in this game. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Corbin Smith NFL. You can follow Tyler at The Real Florida. Check out Locked on Seahawks on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and streaming five days a week on YouTube. Coming up on our Blue Friday episode, We'll be tackling keys to victory for the Seahawks against the Denver Broncos, answering mailbag questions, and much more. You won't want to miss it. Enjoy the rest of your Thursday. Thanks for listening. Go Hawks.